Welcome to With Love, a podcast founded by women, produced by women, about women in technology. There is a huge place for women in tech, and this podcast is going to get well into the work as a leading contributor to help change the trajectory and see the rise of women in technology. Sit back and enjoy as our young female hosts share energy with experienced professional women in technology. Welcome to the Wit Love Podcast, a podcast that is connecting young hosts like me to professional women in tech, where we'll get to share wisdom and learn about each other in the process. My name is Cassian Hutchinson, and I am a recent math graduate from the University of Waterloo and a security strategy analyst at Sun Life. I am motivated by fostering community and have a passion for financial technology innovation. I lead several strategy, data, and diversity initiatives for national and local organizations, including Aspire, TD Bank, Motivate Canada, the Merit Award Bursary Program, and the University of Waterloo FinTech Club. Outside of work and volunteering, you can usually find me working towards my fitness goals and staying immersed in the digital culture by improving my programming skills. Today, I am beyond excited to interview Octavia Howell. Octavia is an experienced security leader who specializes in governance, networking, cybersecurity, and building operationally excellent, motivated, cross-functional, multicultural teams. She is focused on career growth and helping everyone she encounters reach their career goals. She is a highly technical leader and prides herself on understanding, solving problems, and discovering secure solutions for her business partners. Octavia believes that a security leader should mentor, motivate, trust, and lead their teams to act with integrity and openness. She often says a team is only as strong as their leaders, and each leader casts a shadow that they will be held accountable for. Octavia received a Bachelor of Science degree in Computer Science and Mathematics from Spelman College and holds CISSP, GISP, GCWN and GSLC GIAC certifications. Octavia is the founder and CEO of Augustus Redefined, an organization focused on the advancement of Black women in cyber. She is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, Incorporated, the Information Technology Senior Management Forum, where she leads the CISO Forum, ISACA, ISC Squared, the Executive Women's Forum, Fort, and Cyversity. In her spare time, Octavia enjoys traveling, spending time with her family, and mentoring. She truly believes that we are placed on this earth to help each other achieve greatness, whatever that might be. And with that, I'd like to welcome Octavia. Octavia, we are so happy to have you on the podcast today. Cassian, I am ecstatic to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I personally am just so inspired by your background and I'm really looking forward to our conversation where we'll get to learn a little bit more about your journey, some of your experiences within the cyberspace and why you love and enjoy and are passionate about the field. So I'd love to start off by asking, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a chief information security officer? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Absolutely not. Um, I, <laughs> um, so it's interesting because, no, I, I 
did not set out my career to be a chief information security officer, but I knew at the beginning of my career that I wanted to be a leader. Um, at the time, I just didn't know what type of leader or what that looked like. So I believe that people, people can learn from leaders that are great and leaders that are not so great. And so I knew that, you know, the way that I grew up, we always, you know, I grew up in a Jamaican Bahamian household. And so it was a situation where you always wanted to look after the least of these, right? You wanted to make sure that you were um, being a leader or being someone that you, that someone would aspire to. So um, I started off in cybersecurity when it was not cybersecurity. You had a separation of information security, which was how policies are actually, you know, written, what people should do what controls or what they should and should not do. And then we had what I used to call um, real security, where you had, I was doing network <laughs> security, right? And that was, I was building firewalls. I was doing proxies, reverse proxies, um, really looking at access control lists, subnetting, IP addressing, looking at packet captures, decrypting, encrypting, really doing heavy mathematical functions in everyday work, right? And so um, when I came in, I actually started my career in 2006. And so at the time, it was um, when we were really trying to go from analog to digital. And so that's when you actually started seeing the emergence of being able to really break into systems, right? We saw a lot of crosstalk. We saw tapping into other um, other channels, um, and my job was to secure those channels to make sure that um, there was no crosstalk and that people would not be able to eavesdrop into other conversations. Um, so really, I didn't know that was security. It was just something fun to do. And at the same time, I got to eavesdrop on other people's conversation while I was actually securing their <laughs> conversation. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and so really, if I could break into a system, then I could break into the system and then I I had to secure it to make sure that I could no longer break into it and no one else could either. I think so. that's fantastic. And I think what really resonates with me is um, the fact that you let your passion guide you. It seemed like it was you found something you really liked to do. And then that roadmap, that journey to be a to become a CISO, it followed suit out of the passion that you had for the field. So I absolutely love it. And as well, one thing I loved from what you said is um, how much of how much dynamic is dynamic. Sorry, how much how dynamic that the industry has probably been since you started versus where you are now. I think a good example of that is kind of that shift between network security and then kind of information security dealing more with the policies um and since 2008 the industry has evolved and changed so much which leads me to my second question so what are some of those notable points where you've really started to see that landscape the cyber landscape evolve where do you think you know it's going in the future and what were some of those pivotal moments where you really saw, saw that shift throughout the landscape? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think for me, um, like I said, information security, um, you weren't really in security. So there was a separation between technical security work and um, information security that was just 
creating and writing, um, creating policies and writing things. Around maybe about 2012, 2014, when you started seeing major breaches, major um, major uh, things being publicized about money being stolen and companies completely um, falling apart because of data that was leaked, you started seeing a shift into, okay, well, are you, and I remember, I remember my CIO asking me one day, she said, uh, and she, it was a woman that was pivotal for me as well, because that was the first time I had a CIO that was a woman. And she said, Octavia, you know, we need to make a decision on your, or where we're going to put you and your team. So are you more, you know, technical or are you more security? And I remember struggling with that for like three weeks. I'm like, I'm both. I don't understand the question, right? Because everything that I do, I do to secure, right? I'm technical. I know how to do this, but I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm really about security. And so we really kind of went back and forth. And I think that was around, that was around 2000, between 2012 and 2014. And you started seeing a shift in what people started calling cybersecurity. And initially I was like, that makes no sense. What is cybersecurity, right? Are you trying to create some type of fancy word for what we do? And really it was security over the internet and at the end of the day. Right. And so if I I remember saying to myself, I had to accept that I was in cybersecurity in order for me to function, because in order for me to continue to secure spaces, especially working in corporate America, you had to make sure that you are putting yourself in a in a position where you had the authority to be able to truly secure. Right. And not just take orders from a different team. So. I think you started seeing that shift around that time. And then also um, we had the uh, the capital one, um, the target breach. I think that was around 2014. Um, then you had the capital one breach where we had someone who had elevated privileges with AWS. And then we had the Equifax breach was like massive, a massive data breach just because you know, of the lack of uh, patching. And then, you know, it wasn't seen because of certificates. I think reviewing those breaches, those major breaches and what things went wrong is when you started seeing the shift. And that's when businesses really started seeing the value of security. And I'm not saying the value. I don't think at that point they saw the value as a a moneymaker or revenue generator, but what happens when you don't take care of security, right? And I think that's where you started seeing that shift. So those are pivotal moments within the industry. Fast forward to where we are now, and you started seeing a shift of security is good for business, right? Instead of it being, oh, what happens when you don't do this? It is, how do we differentiate ourselves because we do actually have a security culture, right? Um, And we went from security being the role of the security team to security being everyone's role in the company, right? Not just you in a company and securing company assets, but you as an individual and an employee of a company, how does that extend into your household? And how do you actually ensure that your family is secure? And how do you take these lessons to actually push it through? So I think now we're seeing this emergence of security for everyone. Um, I think going into the future and what kind of 
what kind of worries me a little bit is because we as security professionals, we used to be able to kind of ensure and teach those who work for us within the companies, right? Security awareness programs, making sure the employees understood the security culture. Now you have the emergence of technology available that used to not be available to everyone. Now it's available to everyone and like general public, right? It's kind of like when I was in college, Facebook came out in 2004 and it was fine when it was just college students. But then they open it up to like everybody. And now you have your mom and your grandma on Facebook. And it was like, okay, this is just too much, right? I think the same fears, <laughs> the same fears yeah. are with security mm-hmm. um, professionals right now. And it's like, can these people really handle um, ha- having this much access to um, things like generative AI and, and being able to really... Um, be able to know how to protect themselves. And I think we're as security professionals, I think now it is not just about the company. It's really about security for the good of security and good for the general public. And that's where I think the shift is coming. The issue there is how much volunteer work will you do versus like <laughs> really how you yeah. want to, you know, feed your family. So I think that's something that we have to grasp um, and understand I know like just yesterday um, I was, I was, you know, seeing all these um, authentication and access requests come on my, on my Facebook account. And I was like, oh, how fun. Someone's trying to break into Facebook. I bet it's like, <laughs> I bet it's like happening more. So I yeah. posted up. I'm like, Hey, if you don't have two factor authentication on your account, this is how you do it. I need you to do this. I started to see, activity around five o'clock in the morning where someone is actively trying to break into your accounts. Right. And then I started seeing people posting like, Oh, someone's trying to hack my account. And I'm like, I go look at my post. So <laughs> it, it's kind of like one of those things yeah. where it's like, now you have to educate the general public. Um, yeah. And it's not just about, you know, looking out for those who are trying to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. Whereas before we were for the last 10 years, we've been so pushed on those getting into the industry and how do you help them understand how do you get them and pull them up? Now it's really before we're even ready for it. I don't think anyone in security is really ready to educate the entire world. And that's where we are at this point. A thousand percent. There's so much great things and so many great points that you've made. Um, and I really like seeing and appreciate seeing that shift towards cybersecurity only being considered as a cost center and kind of business being like, oh, do we have to spend on cyber to this is a necessary imperative to keep our organization safe. And, you know, what in the context of cybersecurity, you think like people are often the weakest link um, mm-hmm. in terms of how they could be exploited. And when it comes to, you know, all the different areas and, and, faucets that they can be exploited and I think you're a thousand percent right when we talk about cybersecurity now the scope is really expanding to how do we make our people aware of all the different ways that organizations companies themselves can be breached I think gen AI is a perfect example of that it has seen explosive explosive yeah. growth and a lot of that growth is a lot of the public interacting with something that so new. So 
the landscape has come so far and there's so many, you know, trends and new things that we need to keep aware of. But I really do resonate with that point that, you know, it's really expanded in scope, not only from organizations, but really getting people either inside or outside of the organization really aware of um, all the different vulnerabilities uh, that threat actors can exploit in order to kind of compromise that security. So I'd love to know, it is often said that there's no such thing as perfect security, yet companies pour millions into cybersecurity. Do you think that we're feeding a beast that will just never be satisfied? So it's funny. Um, my husband my, my husband and I were talking a couple of days ago and he said, um, you know, you could have all the money in the world and you'll still want my money. And I'm like, yes, I will. Like, I will. <laughs> I always want more. Of course. I will never be satisfied. Like, Mm -hmm. if I have it, then I know that I can get more. So, yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I will go get more money. Um, So, I think it's the same in cyber, right? The the issue there is the more fortified you are as an organization, um, the more people try to come and attack. And so, no, there's no such thing as mitigating or, you know, completely nixing out all risk. But there is a such thing as good security, right? Um, we strive for excellence, not perfection. And so I think if we're looking at a cybersecurity program, the program should strive for excellence. Do you know where all your weaknesses are? Do you have a handle? What is your what are the risks and what are the what are the possibilities of that thing being exploited? And do you really have the compensating controls in place? to ensure that you're secured and have you validated those compensating controls, right? And I think that's what we really need to focus on as businesses. We should not say, hey, I'm going to put all this technology, you know, all of this newest AI, you know, you go, you go to um, RSA or Black Hat now, everyone's like, oh, the latest and greatest AI, AI, AI. And it's like, okay, do you really need that? Do you have a good handle? Do you have good processes? Do you have good people in place? Do you really have everything that you need? Or make sure that if you're actually getting that tool, does it actually satisfy the gaps that you have in your organization? Or would it reduce some of the work that your resources have to do so that they can actually focus on being more strategic, right? And I think that's what we need to look at when we're talking about a security program. Um, I've heard so many um, executives say, how can I... How can I reduce the cost without having to do anything else? Can I just train people? Um, You can train people, but at the end of the day, you need to have visibility, right? And if you don't have visibility into your vulnerabilities and the weaknesses that you have, then you won't be able to fix anything, right? um, Last month, I put my stats up, my my posture stats up, and I sent it to my uh, leadership team. And uh, someone sent me a message and she said, you know, should I be concerned about these things? I'm like, actually, you shouldn't be concerned. We have a great handle on it. Right. And the reason that we the reason that you see these are because we are they're visible. We know what we are and you cannot measure. You cannot fix what you cannot measure. And I think that's where we need to look. If you have zero vulnerabilities and you are perfect. Believe me, that means that you don't have visibility. 100%. 
I honestly think the quote for this week should be excellence, not perfection. I absolutely love that. And a lot of what you said is, you know, we'll never be able to stop or mitigate every single threat out there. There's too much. But yeah. once you once organizations are introspective with how they look at their controls and their program as a whole, we can strive for that excellence. So I, I absolutely love that advice that you gave. It's very hard to believe that we're almost at the end of our session. Time flies so fast. The last question I wanted to ask you is what parting advice do you have for young women who would love to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, um, one of the things that I would say for anyone who um, wants to follow in my footsteps, I would say don't follow in my footsteps. Uh, follow your passion and your heart. Um, a lot of times, you know, especially Black women don't get into security because they think they have to prepare for something. Or they have to be ready for something. I can guarantee you that your lived experience will put you in a position where you're ready you just have to believe in yourself that you are and you have to believe that you will be able to learn anything that comes your way. Right. Um, I think a lot of times we stumble on ourselves. And so if you can just get out of your own way and be able to actually go for, uh, go for what you know and really follow your passion, then you'll be able to be successful. So don't, don't follow my footsteps. And if you are following my footsteps, come catch up to me so I can push you beyond me. I love that. I think that is such great advice. Um, thank you so much. Um, can't believe time really does fly. And unfortunately, we are at the end of our interview. Thank you so much, Octavia, for your time and for saying yes to being a guest on the Wit Love podcast. You've certainly given us a lot to chew on. Your insights, perspectives, and responses make this a truly thought-provoking episode. Thank you for pushing us to think outside of the box. To everyone that is listening, we trust that you enjoyed this discussion and look forward to our next episode. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast podcast so that you never miss an episode. We would love to hear from you. So please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye for now. So there you have it. We trust that you enjoyed this episode and are looking forward to the next month. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Until then, thank you for listening. With love.